This episode of Ahead of the Curve features stories and graphic depictions of roadway fatalities. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, Natalie Dale here. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of Ahead of the Curve, a podcast series produced by the Georgia Department of Transportation. We spotlight the amazing people, programs, and projects that help make our state's transportation network ahead of the curve. Today, come with me. We're going to go on a little bit of an adventure. Pack your bags, pack your cooler, load your kids and yourself in the car. Everyone's buckled up, right? Check 511 to plan your best route to your favorite vacation destination, and let's hit the road. Oh, okay, it's a hypothetical adventure, and... While you're still buckled up, you may not be in my car, but stay with me. No matter where you're headed this summer, whether it's a beach vacation, the lake, the park, or a simple trip to the grocery store, you may encounter an inconvenience. In fact, you probably encounter what you think is an inconvenience every day. It could be a broken traffic signal, following a summer storm, a car crash causing a slowdown, or a work zone that has a lane closed so crews can work. I'm joined today by some of GDOT's finest and the ones who assist motorists and law enforcement on our interstates when their tire goes flat or a crash happens and emergency lane closures are needed. Just about anything that happens on our road, they have their eyes on. They monitor the traffic cameras and answer the calls when motorists dial 511. You're not going to want to miss this. We'll be right back. You might think it's not a big deal, but driving a few miles over the speed limit could have a big impact on someone's life. Keep your neighbors and members of your community safe. Always be aware of your surroundings. Slow down, obey speed limits, and look out for pedestrians. Welcome back. We have some really important guests on the show today who you may have had the pleasure of talking to or getting help from if you've ever called 511. At this table today, between the three of them, we have almost 60 years of GDOT experience. So there is a lot of brain power and a lot of amazing stories at this table and amazing safety tips. I'm joined today by Hero Manager Jason Josie, Champ Manager Chad Hendon, and our Traffic Management Center's Technical Specialist, Billy Rose. And I have had the pleasure of working with all three of them for quite a bit of the 18 years they've each been here. We were talking about how long we've been at GDOT, and it's about 18 for all, and a lot of that we've worked together through storms and bridge collapses and just general day-to-day stuff. And so I know your stories, and so I'm excited for everyone listening to us today to get to learn more about you and the stories, the things that you have seen in your role. So, Billy, let's start with you. Tell us tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, Um My name is Billy Rose, and I've been working with the Transportation Management Center um, going on 18 years in various positions. I started out as a call taker, and then I rose into uh, an event operator and then a supervisory role. And now I'm a technical specialist for the Transportation Management Center where I'm in kind of a support role, where we um, QA, QC, 
um, events and make sure we're getting the strongest message out to the public about what's going on. And we also um, report and um, report device failures and we take care of that in the background when there are issues with our, say, our cameras on the 511 website or our message boards on the interstates. In, in your time at the TMC, how many calls would you say you have personally answered? Wow. Do you keep track? <laughs> it's so, many. so many. I know, um, like during the average day, the call center averages about 1,200 calls a day. A day, and that a is day. statewide. And that is statewide, about 44,000 a month. Do those calls go up in the summer? They do. You get a lot of calls um, from people traveling, especially through the state, because we're so close to Florida. Everyone wants to go to Florida, so you get people on 75 coming from the Chattanooga, and they want to stay or stop, and um, they're always calling 511. So for the average person who doesn't know what 511 is, we're here to tell you. Tell, just give us the elevator speech. What is 511? Okay, 511 GA is a free travel program courtesy of, of Georgia DOT and is available 24-7 to help motors traveling throughout the state. Now, you will speak to someone, a live person, 24-7. Um, someone's there to answer your question. Um, and someone in Georgia. I always thought in, that was so amazing that someone in South Carolina is not answering this call. Right. Someone in Georgia to give you real-time Georgia information. Absolutely. Um, Georgia 511 is headquartered in the Atlanta Transportation Management Center. And we provide real-time traffic information on the state's interstates and state routes. We provide updates on roadway construction, crash events, and lane closures. Um, we even connect motorists to courtesy roadside assistance with Hero and Champ. What's the average call? The, what's the average person calling about? Do they, need, do they need directions? Do they need help? I would say the average call um, I'm getting, I receive, is motorists wanting to know the conditions of the road. Uh, traffic in Atlanta has become pretty much a nightmare. So um, you have to put it nicely. <laughs> you have to pick your your time of the day when you want to uh, get out there and get on the road. So we have people that call and they want to they want to know every inch of their route. They want to know from the beginning to the end. How long is it going to take me? Should I go this route or should I go take 20 or should I take the I-285 by bypass? And I'm usually on the phone for 15 or 20 minutes routing out a motorist uh, entire route so they can get to work. <laughs> and the, the tools have changed in 18 years because, oh, yes. because when we first started, a lot of that was that you were the only source of that information, but now we have the 511 app and they oh, can yeah. put in their corridor and so they can know what's going on. And there, there are other things that you can use and we know you can use Waze, you can use that. We are a big fans of the 511 app. Absolutely. And a lot of people like talking to a person rather than just using 
um, t the technical uh, ways or um, Google Maps. They like talking to a live person and they like hearing that I'm um, looking at the cameras for them and um, they're they're right with me and they're like, oh, well, what about this? And a lot of people, they uh, we have a lot of people that call on a daily basis and they're familiar with the camera. They're like, hey, well, what about camera 326? What's going on there? And um, I let them know exactly what's going on. And um, I also let them know that you can you can download the 501 app from Google Play or the App Store. And um, you can also go to our website, 511ga.org. What's the most rewarding thing about your job? I love when things just turn out okay, like, a, a serious situation, a motorist um, could be stranded in the middle of seven lanes across the interstate during a heavy traffic period. I just love when someone, we can get them to a safe location and um, they're so grateful. And the situation could have turned out, you know, tragic, but we ended up with a happy ending. Um, I love when that happens. And, and part of making sure that things are okay is a tool that we have, which is dispatching a hero operator or Absolutely. a champ operator, depending Absolutely. on which part of the state you're in. And so we have Jason and Chad with us today. Jason is head of hero and, and has been for a while and the things that you have seen. But before we get into that, Jason, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got uh, to be where you are today. Sure. Uh, I'm Jason Josie. I'm the hero manager. And uh, I found Hero, luckily, when I got back to Atlanta from the military. I started out as a trainee, and I pretty much touched every rung on the ladder. I've been there for 18 years now, and uh, for the last, I believe it's 10 years, I'm losing count. I've been, they all start to run together. Yeah, right. I've been managing the Hero unit, and so um, in that in that small amount of time, and it is small relative to other agencies that we support out there, um, I feel like I've found a fantastic jewel of a career. So Hero has evolved, but tell tell someone who's listening who doesn't know Heroes, never called five one one. They've they sure. haven't seen a Hero, but they haven't been on Metro Atlanta interstates much because I, we see you all the time. <laughs> Just tell us tell us who Hero is, what they offer, who's out there helping us. Certainly, so Hero is a, a, a fantastic idea. It's not the first of its kind, but it was, it was born in 1994 in anticipation for the Olympic Games that were coming to Atlanta. And what the department did was it, 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 it piecemealed its uh, maintenance department and built a unit specifically designed to assist the world that was coming to Atlanta. We understood that we had a growing infrastructure as far as the interstate is concerned, and so we made sure that we made provision for motors so they couldn't get stranded. So over time, Hero has evolved from a motorist assist quasi-emergency responder to a full-service emergency response organization that is unrivaled by any other uh, unit of its kind in the country. We are literally the standard bearer if you would, for other eight states to measure themselves up against. Most of the operators are comprised of ex-law enforcement and military, but we take people from all walks of life. And in that amount of time, we have grown from 
regular operators to uh, a career ladder of master operators, supervisors, and things like that. And so for motorists that don't understand what HERO is, we are a respondent for the state to help motorists get along the way on the interstate. But our main focus is clearing congestion and making sure lanes are open. So make no mistake about it, we are emergency responders. And our first priority is to clear crashes and to support other agencies. There'll be a force multiplier for them. But when we're not doing something that major, we're always supporting motorists. I know a lot of motorists think, I can get an extra gallon of gas to get me to the gas station. I can, I can get a tire change. And those are important things because, right. uh, as we'll talk later with Ashley Frasca, our friend at WSB, some of those simple things where a motorist thinks, I just need an extra gallon of gas and I'm going to get out of my car and walk to get it, or I'm going to change my tire. We know that those things can quickly become tragic. And, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. So the little things are the big things, yes. but y'all also do really big things yes. uh, and you've seen a lot i want to touch on another roadside assistant option that the department offers that's outside the metro area and that's spearheaded by chad hendon who's been with the department for quite a while and you've done a lot of things so tell us about yourself and how you got here hey thank you for having natalie um i've been with the department 18 years started as a tmc operator uh, i come from the uh, supply chain world and over to gdot and everything and um in 2017, uh, we was tasked to start the CHAMP program and everything, and um, that's what we're at now. We want to want to make sure that we're clear. CHAMP is not the same as HERO, but also serves motorists similarly to HERO. But if you're sort of on I-20 out towards Alabama, CHAMP's going to be who's dispatched to you when you call Billy at 511. Or if you're in metro Atlanta and you need something or there's a crash, 511's going to dispatch HERO as well and it and it doesn't i mean that's it doesn't really matter who's helping you the important part is once you call 511 someone's going to come Someone, help you yes so basically where hero actually turns around that where champs begin all the way to the uh the state boundaries and stuff um we started out with champ with uh with 16 routes uh in the rural areas and uh and uh part of our task uh, of trying to reduce that um the turnaround points because uh, when we first started the program we were basically going 60 65 miles in one direction now we got it where we up to 20 uh 27 routes and they overlapping with hero and hero coverage where uh uh now we got the guys basically down to about 30 miles in one direction before they turn around and stuff so but the service that champ does we call ourselves the baby brother to hero you know what I'm saying? Important, so important baby yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. So when big hey, when we need big brother, we call on them quick. You know what I'm saying? Um can't no one like Jason was just saying, can't no one touch what Heroes does. Uh but Champ, you know, uh Champ right now currently we 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 holding our own uh um uh, in our areas and stuff. And uh, I also wanna just say just point out too the the environments are totally different. The environments that Champ deals with uh in the rural areas um, we deal with a lot more high speed uh, compared to him with, with, with high speed and high volume. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of time when we get a major events and stuff, you know, a lot of time our stuff won't queue up as fast. So it make a big difference in uh, the, the environment that you're working in when you're in the field. I would say no matter where you are on Georgia roads, whether it's in an area that's res that Hero's going to respond to or an area that Champ's going to respond to, I know that we all – collectively, but especially your crews, have seen 
some poor behavior yes. in, in motorists. Let's let's talk about Jason. Talk about some of the sort of avoidable hazards you see, the hazards that are created by people not being their best driver. Well, the first thing is always speed. Uh, make no mistake about it. Everybody is driving faster now. And speed is one of those things that really doesn't give any person who's not paying attention an opportunity to correct anything that they get wrong if it goes wrong. And what are those things that they need to correct if it goes wrong? They're distractions. I can't even begin to count how many times or how often I'm watching people driving on the interstate on the phone, texting, driving with their knees. So distracted driving, um, impaired driving or drunk driving, just straight dangerous driving, these things are a norm, but they are very, very preventable by motorists if they just paid attention. So, so yeah, we're seeing quite a bit of that. What I want to dive into some of the stories of the things because I know you've got you've got a catalog, and some of, and not all of them are bad. I mean, hero operators have helped deliver babies. Yeah. Um, so you see great things, and yes. you see the best of humanity, but you also see how bad it can be when things go wrong. And and I, you know, certainly we don't want to scare or. But it's important, I think, that these stories really are important for people to hear because that might be the story that changes their behavior. Talk about some preventable, some, some accidents that, that were bad, that, that ended up in tragedy, and how motors can prevent those types of things from happening. Well, one that comes to mind, uh, it, it was probably about four weeks into my rookie year where I was going up 85 northbound right before Jimmy Carter, there was a gentleman that was attempting to pull a spare tire out of the back of his Suburban, and it was up against the left wall. Two other gentlemen in a Honda Accord were traveling northbound in that same number one lane that he was occupying while straddling up against that left wall. They didn't see him. It was a blind curve. And they came around the curb at speed, and they hit this gentleman as he was leaned over into the back of his truck. That strike submarined, and it essentially severed the gentleman. When I pulled up to the scene, it had not been picked up on camera yet. The 911 calls had not gone out yet. I literally got there seconds after it happened. So I'm looking at this, and it's, of course, very surreal. Um, time slows down. You start really, really focusing in on very, very uh, finite things. And all I could see was the pieces of stuff scattered on the ground, the faces of the people that were standing around. Everybody's in shock. Um, this is before people were trying to video everything, but everybody was on their phone now calling 911. And the first thing that I could do was give a good scene assessment so I can get the proper authorities there before I started rendering aid. Once I started rendering aid, I saw there really wasn't much I could do. He was kind of pinched shut, but his legs were gone. So the preventable part of that was, here's a gentleman who was in an SUV that had a rear flat tire. And all he had to do was drive that flat tire off the interstate, go to the gas station, change it. 
but he felt comfortable enough or didn't know well enough to stop on the interstate, get out of his vehicle, lean over the back of it on that left shoulder in that blind curve, things that he shouldn't probably know about, but we know about. And this tragedy happened, you know. So that's just as, that's, that's tame compared to some of the other actions that people take on the interstate, like thinking that you can cross it. This is not your neighborhood street. Everything on the interstate is bigger than life. We, we have talked about this before because I remember specifically when two, when 85 was shut down for the bridge rebuild and we had a resurfacing going on up there and we had gone up there with some crews to do some stuff. Standing in the middle of a lane, you, you cannot conceptualize driving in a car how wide a lane is. You, look, we've seen the speed limit signs. Speed limit signs are 10 times bigger than you think they are. Everything looks smaller. And so when someone thinks they can just sprint over and get their hubcap that went off, you're not going to win that foot race. You're not. You're not. And and that's a part of what Chad's guys and my guys go through and we train them. The first thing is to get them to understand completely what this environment is and how inherently dangerous it is. They have a good idea about that, but the public doesn't. That's why we're there. That's why we push so hard for people to stay in their cars, dial 511, dial 91, let someone get out there that really knows how to work this environment. Don't get out and start walking. Definitely don't try to cross the interstate. And use the resources that the state gives you. By calling 511. Yeah. Billy's going to answer that phone. Someone's going to answer that phone at 511 and send a hero or a champ, Chad, your champ operators, what what is sort of an average day for them? What are some of the things that they're encountering on the road? Heavy maintenance, heavy maintenance, uh, going out, trying to make sure that uh, uh, we're picking up debris and other, uh, just what we call low-hanging fruit items in, that's in the roadway that can be a hazard to the traveling public and stuff. Uh, heavy motors assistance, you know, they get a call from 511 uh, dispatchers and stuff uh, to go and uh, assist with motors with, you know, flat gas, um, even provide water if they need water, you know what I'm saying, um, and just get the help that they need. So the, this, These are some of the best and brightest people that the department has to offer. You know, we read the, the emails and the letters that we get thanking. it. You're taking, champ operators and hero operators are taking someone, the worst part of someone's day, and helping. And, and it will be a great day when the most that a champ or a hero operator has to do in that day is give an extra gallon of gas mm-hmm. or change a tire. That, that's, that, that's a good day, and that's, mm-hmm. what, that's sort of what we're aiming for, less, less fatalities. But people have to meet us. People have to meet us at that to reach that goal. So I'm going to give everyone a chance at this table because y'all always have eyes on the road and the things y'all have seen to tell your personal sort of plea to motorists about – what what your what you see and how it can be changed what is your personal plea for safety on our road billy what do you have to say i would like to um reiterate to motorists to please please before you get out on the road before you go on that great vacation please have your vehicle checked um for maintenance um, oil make sure you have a spare and if you don't have a spare have someone you can contact have the 511 
number downloaded in your phone. Just have a plan for when you break down. Know who to contact. I've seen so many tragedies happen um, just because a motorist has run out of fuel or they have a flat tire and they don't want to damage the vehicle and they're sitting in the travel lane. Stay in your vehicle. It's very important to get to the right shoulder. If you do need assistance, call us. Um, We'll get you some kind of help. If it's not the hero unit, the champ unit, or a local uh, police jurisdiction, we're going to get you some help, okay? Stay in your vehicle till we can get someone there for you. Jason? Yeah, Billy, hit it on the head. Make sure your vehicles are well-maintained. We all said we were going to do it when we got our driver's license at 16, right? You see, do? I see a lot of car fire. I mean, yeah, I think I have seen, and stuff. seen the increase of car fires, and that's vehicle maintenance. Yeah, mostly. vehicle maintenance, yeah. And my wish list is this. Slow down. I know you're in a good mood, and, and I tell people all the time, you know, really bad rainy days are not always our worst days. People actually drive like they got sense when it's raining and pouring. It's the beautiful days like today that people have a footloose, fancy-free attitude about life and they feel good and they step into the gas pedal a little bit more. Slow down. Slow down, and when you see anybody working on the side of the interstate, slow down and move over. Give them some space. Give yourself some space. So if you have to make a correction, you can, and not hit someone. In the event, and this is major, in the event that you do have an accident on the interstate and you find yourself stopped, move the vehicles out of the travel lane. It's amazing how often people think that just because they have an accident on the interstate, they can't move their cars. They have to stay right here. And a lot of times that's what causes congestions and that's what causes secondary accidents. So move out of the travel lane. And most importantly, the safest place on the interstate is off of the interstate. There's no rule that says you have to stay down there. Get off the next exit, go to a gas station parking lot, call 911-501, have the police come there and see you. If there's no injuries, of course, handle your business that way. You don't have to be down there. Chad? Can we drop the mic right down? We can. (laughs) Because, I mean, he said everything. It, I always feel like there's there's so much more to say. And so we will continue to have this conversation. I hope we can all come back next year and have this conversation and be looking at better numbers, be looking at less fatalities. I want everyone who's headed off on their summer vacation to come home safely. I want everyone who travels through Georgia to come home safely. And I want them to know the resources that we at the department offer to help them with that. They've got to meet us halfway. They, there's a lot of behavior here. But there's also tools that we offer that can make that road trip a little less, a little less stressful. We, we offer, we're here for you. Just remember, 511, best tool as you head off on your summer vacation. So Billy, Jason, Chad, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having Thank us. You. Thank you. Thank you. I hope everyone who's on the road in Georgia hears this and knows the names behind the people who are keeping them safe on the road. Y'all have big jobs because there's a lot going on on our roads. So thank you for everything that y'all do, for everything that y'all have done in your time at GDOT to make Georgia a safer place. Uh, We're going to talk to Ashley Frasca 
WSB traffic reporter, and so much more when we get back about her view of the roads and what she sees and how they work to make safe roads in Georgia. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The Georgia Department of Transportation recently became the first DOT in the nation to partner with LEGO on a first-of-its-kind recruiting campaign designed to inspire young minds and unique opportunities for engagement in transportation and engineering. Whether looking for people to design and build bridges, roads, or other components of Georgia's transportation infrastructure, Georgia DOT is dedicated to recruiting the best and brightest in the nation for generations to come. If a child in your life has an interest in creating structures from Legos, visit the GDOT Partnerships page on our website at dot.ga.gov to learn more about how to get them engaged in transportation engineering and learn where you can see a scaled Lego model of Georgia's famous Sydney Lanier Bridge. All right, welcome back. We are joined in studio by a wonderful traffic reporter and and so much more. I, I hate to just call you a traffic <laughs> reporter because you're so much more. You even give me gardening tips. So, um, so all my husband would say that I don't take them very well, but I get gardening <laughs> tips from you as well. Um, also, longtime friend of the department. We have worked together on on several initiatives uh, for safety and a also a w- member of Women in Transportation. So please welcome Ashley Frasca. I'm guessing that everyone listening knows who you are, but in in the event that they do not, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how you help motorists throughout Georgia. Well, Natalie, I'm so glad to be here, and we do have a great relationship with all of you here at GDOT, and we being the WSB traffic team um, on 95.5 WSB here in Atlanta. I've been a member of the traffic team since 2010, so I've seen a lot of things, been through a lot of things, and under the tutelage of Captain Herb Emery for all of those years. Um, But we really enjoy working together with all of you, and we really see the job that we do as members of the traffic team 24-7 around the clock, keeping motorists safe on the interstate and informing them of big backups that are really going to hamper their route and just trying to get them to where they want to be on time. You've lived some of the same uh, popular things that we have lived are not so popular, like the bridge collapse and snowmageddon. Uh, You're in there helping motorists through all of those things similarly, sort of in a parallel path with us, because motorists listen to Mm y'all. We like to believe they listen to us sometimes, but y'all are really the voice of of reason to motorists. They come to y'all, they think of y'all like friends and family. And so um, we value from the department what y'all bring to motorists because we have a common goal, and that is safety on our roads. And we have talked offline about the difference that we've seen in traffic and congestion and motorist behavior. Take us back to when you first started and sort of walk us to now about what's changed, what's changed on Metro Atlanta interstates, what's changed around the state, uh, and what's changed with driver behavior from then to now. Well, I'll say back in 2010 when I started, um, just the resources that were available to us as traffic team members, you know, I mean, the internet, sure, it was a thing, 
but we didn't have near as many resources back then, even as we do now, 13 years later, as far as the 511 site, a live look at the DOT cameras, thousands that are mounted all over the city and all over the state. Uh, we also enjoy the relationship we have with what we call our traffic troopers, the folks on the roads giving us trip times, giving us tips on things that they're seeing. Um, a lot of different resources that have made our jobs a lot easier. But with that being said, we are now seeing a higher volume of folks driving in the city, in and around the city, and urban sprawl. So backups are getting further and further away from Atlanta, say all the way up to Cumming, all the way up to Holly Springs, all the way down to McDonough and Locust Grove with our city growing the way that it is. So I feel like it's a constant reintroduction, the job that we do to people that are new to Metro Atlanta. So we're very mindful of that and welcoming folks, but kind of trying to establish what that new norm is. And of course, as you mentioned, you know, the traffic team was familiar with the patterns. They were very predictable from morning drive and afternoon drive up until 2020. That changed everything. Right? And you have eyes on the road. Similarly to, you know, we talked to Billy and Chad and Jason uh, with some of our resources with Hero and Champion with the TMC with 511. We talked to them about what they see, then, you know, what they view from that sort of one-on-one -on -one camera where they can see what's going on on the roads. I don't have that view as much. I, you know, I see the accidents. I see the crashes come in as emails. I see the crashes come in as text so that we can give y'all more information to get to motorists. And I see the fatalities come in. But I don't see it quite the way that you do with your eyes on the camera the way you are. Do you see, have you seen sort of a degrade in motorist behavior recently? Absolutely. Um, people were wild back before 2020, but I think that false sense of security that came with 2020, everyone staying at home, opening up the interstates, and they were free and clear. You could do 100 miles an hour and not pass another car for a couple of miles. And they did. Right. And they certainly did. And we still saw that. So the jobs that we had as a traffic team and reporters and you all was still very necessary to keep the people that were on the roads, albeit fewer, much safer. And I think people are still in those patterns three years later of the high speeds. It's all about me, 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 the impatience and distracted driving has gotten worse with technology. There's more technology in vehicles. It's not just our cell phones anymore. You can play around with the monitor and all of those kinds of navigation and all those things. So the distractions certainly gotten worse, compounded with higher speeds. Natalie, the fatalities we're seeing are more frequent and they're worse. I mean, I don't know how a fatality could be worse, but just the, the level of gruesomeness has, has really spiked because of the higher speeds and dangerous conditions. Right. We talk with traffic operations a lot about high speeds. The higher the speed, the worse a crash, period. That, that's just how it's going to be. The higher the speed, um, the heavier the vehicle. Things like that contribute to, even if, even if you're doing everything right, if someone else on the road is doing something wrong, at a high rate of speed, someone's going to lose. And I know we have a common goal of bringing that number to zero. We want zero fatalities on our roadway. And we had a really important conversation uh, a month or so ago about something that you saw. And I'm going to let, I'd love to let you touch on your story because I think it's important that people hear a firsthand account of of something that we are we are trying together to prevent, especially as more cars are on the road during the summer, more summer travel, more families out and about, more people out and about. If if this small conversation reaches someone and it changes a life, 
then that is that's my goal I know it's your goal so I'd love for you to tell your story well I really respect you know what Jason and Billy and the champ and hero operators and, and TMC dispatchers what they see and what they deal with just like a 911 dispatcher someone may be at their worst moment you know on the other end of that phone or you're pulling up to someone having the worst day ever um, and as traffic reporters the cameras are great. I mean, the, the clarity and the quality of the Georgia Department of Transportation cameras is, is phenomenal and quite clear, but we always see the aftermath. We find the crash on the interstates as it's already happened, and then we're reporting on how many lanes are blocked, when it clears, that kind of thing. But never did I think I would actually see someone lose their life in real time on one of those cameras. Uh, so long story short, I was coming in through Marietta on my way to work just before 5 a.m. and could see a motorist stranded on the other side of the wall. So I was going southbound. She was stranded northbound. I could see the trunk up and I just thought, when I get to WSB, I'm going to go ahead and try to find that on a camera just so I can keep an eye on that lady and make sure 511, you know, a hero operator gets to her safely. And even my coworkers were like, she was stalled up against the left-hand wall. It's no big deal. And I thought, well, I just... I don't know. I'm just going to keep an eye on her. So sure enough, that stretch of I-75 in particular, I'm talking about in Cobb County and Marietta, is dark. The traffic poles, the, the light poles in the center of the interstate have not been lit for a number of years. So that makes for dangerous conditions as it is in the, you know, late night, early morning hours. So someone failed to see that she was stalled up against the left-hand wall. So he hit her and then it, it was became a crash that took out two left lanes. And I kind of saw it and thought, oh no. So I immediately called Cobb County 911. We have the non-emergency number, but I went ahead and called them. And I said, it's Ashley from WSB. You know, I did see this, the stranded motorist, but this has become a crash. Just wanted to let you guys know. And she said, okay, thanks for letting us know. I gave her the the interstate, the direction, the mile post, the description of the vehicles, that's all of the things the dispatchers need. And then as I was telling her that, the camera clarity is so clear that I could see the motorist that had hit her car, he was beginning to get out of the driver's side of his vehicle. And I, I think just to check on her, probably just to you know comfort her, provide her with some assistance, they both appeared to be okay. And as I'm on the phone to Cobb County and the dispatcher, I see him get out of the driver's side of his vehicle and he walks the long way around the back of his car towards, you know, lanes two and three in the middle of I-75, dark, 5.15 in the morning. And I saw him get struck by a pickup truck, hauling a trailer, his body thrown, you know, into the interstate. And unfortunately, that young woman lost her life that morning as well due to the impact of that crash in her vehicle that was stranded. So that was a loss of life times two that morning. And I have never been so shaken by anything, just witnessing the last moments of someone's life. And I believe he was doing good, you know, trying to help her having uh, hit her in the dark, you know, and, and she was stranded up against the left-hand wall. So uh, out of that came a really good relationship that I've developed with the Marietta Police Department. And they have been so wonderful in giving us as a traffic team the best tips to share with motorists how to stay safe and avoid this happening to you. And Billy probably talked about it and others. The number one thing is please stay in your vehicle. When you're in an accident, when you're stalled, call 911, call 511, whoever you need to call, but you are safer in that vehicle than you are standing outside of it with cars breezing by you at 80, 85 miles an hour. You may seem vulnerable in, in your mind, but you have protection. That that vehicle, a that metal gives you protection. Mm -hmm. And another one, Marietta police uh, were very apt to tell us and very quick to tell us, when you stall out or you get a flat tire or something, if you can make it to the right shoulder, that's ideal. It's meant to be, 
you know, used. It's wider, often grassy, but the left shoulder up against the left-hand wall or a left grassy median is oftentimes not even five feet wide. So a vehicle is wider than that. So when you're stalled up against the left-hand side, that's just a lot more dangerous. You don't have enough room. And two, they said that morning in particular, two of the Marietta police officers that were trying to get to the scene were traveling out of Cartersville. So they were having to come down 75 South to then get to this crash on 75 North in Marietta. And they said they're driving in the fast lane with the lights and sirens on because they're trying to get to their job. People would not move over out of their way. So when you see blue lights, red lights, amber lights could be a wrecker, a tow truck. If you see any of that in your rearview mirror, you need to get over to the right. You have got to get out of their way. They're not running lights and sirens just for the heck of it. They're on their way to an emergency. We talk about if you can steer it, clear it. Mm -hmm. If you can limp your car to the side of the road, yeah, you might hurt a rim. You might, it might damage something, but you are so much safer getting it out of the way of the road, Mm -hmm. calling 511, getting a hero, a champ there. They have lights. They bring visibility to the situation. And after we originally had this conversation, driving into work one day, I saw it had to be a very simple fender bender because we're not just talking about these dramatic crashes. A simple fender bender and everyone was standing outside of the car, just, you know, talking, probably called their insurance company, called the police, they're coming, but I don't want to sit in my car. They were on the shoulder, but they had all gotten out of the car and they were just standing there. This becomes, we see this as well, this becomes a dangerous scenario because it takes one distracted driver to create a crash. The result of that is a car going off the road and hitting someone that's standing there. Mm -hmm. So even in that situation, even if you are on the side of the road, you're safer in your car if you can't get all the way up the hill out of the way. Being a pedestrian on the interstate, and when you're out of your car, you're a pedestrian. Being a pedestrian on the interstate dramatically increases your chances of becoming a fatality. And so we want to get this message across. And I know the things that you have seen and that Jason and Billy and Chad have seen. And I don't wish that on anyone because not only do these families have these families lost someone, but the 511 operator, the 911 person who took this call, the responding uh, enforcement, whether the ambulance or fire, our hero operators, our champ operators, you, your team, fatalities reverberate. It's not just one death. It causes sort of these ripples through families and through communities and through the first responders. And so we want to bring safety to our roads for many reasons, not just to bring the number to zero, but so that our crews and you don't have to experience these things. Well, and a couple of things, you know, I'm glad in in you and I's conversation prior to this, you brought to my attention, you know, for statistical reasons, they are all considered pedestrian fatalities on paper. But when we report it on WSB radio as a pedestrian fatality, I think oftentimes people go, gosh, why is someone walking on the interstate? That sounds stupid. So that's not always the case. Don't always assume that it was someone walking on the interstate that got struck. It is someone getting out of their vehicle. It is someone kneeling beside their vehicle, changing their tire. It could be a number of reasons. And if the reason you get out of your car after an accident, albeit major or minor, if the reason is to establish, you know, a rapport with the the people that have been in the accident with you, or maybe you have a fear that they're going to drive off or something like that, still stay in your vehicle and all of you are kind of on the same page, but be very aware of your surroundings as you're in your vehicle. You're watching traffic pass by, make sure that those motorists driving fast by you are paying attention and not distracted. But also, if a car involved in the accident were to drive off, 
be paying attention so that you can get a license plate. And then when the police do show up and you can make them aware of the fact, driver X drove away, but I got their information. So don't feel the need to get out of the car. It can wait. Is there any other safety message that, that you want to bring since, since we got everyone's attention now? Again, this is not something that will stop today. We will be at this for a while, um, and hopefully we will see results. But it's important to me to have continue to have these conversations. What, what else would you tell motorists? In addition to staying in your car after any kind of incident on the interstate, uh, dial the speeds back. Really, I know you're in a hurry to get to where you're going. I know you feel entitled to drive in the fast lane and you're annoyed at the slow poke in front of you, but please dial the speeds down because it's not worth your life or someone else's spending the rest of your life in jail. And another thing that's really important that we emphasize in our traffic reports on WSB are the move-over law, right, or is the move-over law. Uh, When you see those first responders who are sticking their neck out to make sure someone else is safe, give them a lane of space. So it's not going to kill you to get over out of the lane just for that moment to pass them, and then you can have the lane back. But I think that move-over law is, you know, for a very valid reason, and it certainly would make the first responders breathe a little bit easier knowing they have that buffer. They, they are there to help, but we have to help them. Exactly. We have to make sure that they can safely get to their job every day to keep doing this. And again, hopefully through messages like this, we can bring those numbers down and make all of our jobs easier, but also keep families together, keep families whole, make our roadways safer. So thank you so much for being here today. It was it was a pleasure. I always love to chat with you to get your perspective of what's going on on our roads. So thank I appreciate you. it, Natalie. And I really hope people heed the warnings and the great information that you all put out as a free service to Georgia drivers. We appreciate it. Thanks again for joining me on this hypothetical summer road trip adventure we took during this episode. I hope you learned a lot. Life is full of inconveniences and they seem to pop up the most when we're running late. As you drive to your various destinations this summer, remember, slow down, keep an eye out for construction crews, and remember all of the important safety tips brought to you by the best of the best today. They have seen a lot, and they know how to keep you safe, and we're all working toward our common goal of less fatalities, more safety on Georgia roads. If you ever find yourself in need of assistance while traveling one of Georgia's many interstates, remember, Call us. Call 511 for hero or champ assistance. And Billy, she might answer the phone. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode or you have a question, please reach out to us at aotc at dot.ga.gov. Again, that's aotc at dot.ga.gov. Join us next month as we talk to a few bicycle and pedestrian safety experts to hear about the programs and projects they're working on to keep Georgia pedestrians safe. That's next on Ahead of the Curve.